This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. All right, Zucchino, Weeks, Scully, if you missed the announcement over the last couple of days, Golf Talk Canada coming to you with bonus episodes now of radio. Wednesday mornings, 10 to 12, leading into major championship weeks. And hopefully even more news to follow. We've got, of course, Golf Talk Canada Radio TV coming up on Monday following majors and then our regular Golf Talk Canada program. Later on this afternoon, actually, GTC 60-minute TV special on TSN4 running three times this afternoon. Our 60-minute preview special. But we're going to try to break it down for you as good as we can over the next 60 minutes. We're going to head to Kew Island, the ocean course, at the top of the hour. We speak to Fred Albers for PGA Tour Radio. Fred's on the call this week. He's on the ground at the Ocean Course. We're going to hear from Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Bob Weeks. He went one-on-one with Mackenzie Hughes. Adam, Bob, and I are going to take a look at a few dark horses. We did our draft on Monday. We like our favorites. We told you who the favorites are we like. But where is there some value on this leaderboard? Let's take a look at maybe some of the marquee groups. Welcoming in now Mr. Bob Weeks, Mr. Adam Scully, gentlemen. Uh, Masai Ujiri Presser just ended as we now look forward to the PGA Championship to switch gears here on TSN 1050. Bob heading into this week's second major of the year. What is the number one storyline you're looking for outside of following Team Canada? What what are you focused on? Is it the start of Jordan Spieth and him chasing history? Is it Rory McIlroy trying to get that major and back-to-back victory on the PGA Tour, looking for his first major in 2014 and kind of repeating at Kiowa? Or is there something else I'm missing here, Bob, that, you know, is is your headline heading into this? To me, it's kind of the unknown factor of the top picks. And with that, I mean, is Jordan Spieth able to take on a course like this, a big boy course with, you know, big, huge yardage? Is uh, is uh, Rory McIlroy's game legitimately all the way back, or do we have to worry about his driver? Is Dustin Johnson really got a knee issue, or are those backflips off the boat that he showed on the social media? You know, just showing that it's not really there. And that to me is is it's I I you know you and I we both go on all sorts of media sources, and you get asked about who you know who your favorites are, what are you going to pick? And I'm really struggling to find a clear favorite this week. I'm not sure if there is one, to be honest with you. It's a hard, one of the hardest majors in a few years, I would say, to, to try and pick some winners. And you and I just kind of tickled on this conversation on Monday where we, we suggested you could pot, find seven, eight, nine guys and build an argument why they're the favorite. And to go on the question mark theme... To add to those questions that you already had, you could put Brooks Kepka into that conversation. You could ask the question, is John Rahm going to have another consistent major where he doesn't threaten to win but somehow manages another top 10? I mean, you're right, Bob. Questions everywhere. Adam, did Bob or I hit on any of these? Or do you have something else as your main headline heading into this? 
you know, heading into this in terms of the favorites, you know, we mentioned all these question marks and another big question mark is Rory McIlroy. And yes, he's coming off the win at the Wells Fargo. Uh, yes, he's looking for that first major championship since 2014. But if that's going to happen, his first rounds have to get better. I'm going to read off his last number of first rounds at major championships. 76, 76, 75, 70, 68, 79, 72, 73, 80. If Rory, you know, if he wants to be in the mix in this major championship, he's going to have to break, I would think, somewhere in the 70-69 range and not play himself out of the tournament and just give himself a chance come Friday because his second rounds of majors have been significantly uh, better. He has, he has six straight second rounds in major championships of shooting 69 or better. So for Rory, just don't play yourself out of the tournament in round one. Adam, you were bang on. He is 166 in first-round scoring on the PGA Tour. That number might even be higher when it comes to majors. A backdoor top 20, a backdoor top 10 for Rory McIlroy is just not of interest at this point in his career when it's been since 2014. He needs to get out of the gates. Okay, the conditions are going to be perfect. It's going to be firm. It's going to be fast. It's going to be sunny. You will get gusts in the afternoon. Winds consistent, it seems, between 15 to 20 miles per hour. Coming up next on the other side, we are heading down to Keough Island to the ocean course. Our friend Fred Albers, my colleague on the radio team, part of the PGA Championship radio broadcast from Keough Island, will head there next. This is a special PGA Championship Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada PGA Championship preview special as Golf Talk Canada sets up the year's second major for TSN Radio, TSN TV. It all kicks off tomorrow morning on TSN 7 a.m. ET for Marathon Day. I've already dragged the TV outside, the cooler outside. I am ready to go and I am ready to get bed sores as I pull up in front of the TV and I'm thinking... For a good portion of the day, too, I might dial down the volume on the TV and turn up the dial on the radio because our next guest will be on the radio call, not only a good friend, but a colleague, part of the PGA Championship radio broadcast on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio this week as we head to the ocean course at Kiowa Island right now and welcome in Mr. Fred Albers. Freddie, how are you, buddy? Doing good. We Americans are so parochial. We, we we still think Canada has eight feet of snow on the ground. So for you to go on outside, you've got the snowshoes on. Freddie, today, today it is. Let me put this in American uh, in American language for you today. Today we are going to be approaching 80 degrees and pure sunshine in, in Toronto today, this afternoon. So uh, that's how far off uh, the El Paso community is, where you're from on the Canadian perspective. Okay, let's get into this because this is a nice segue. Sunshine. 
The forecast looks magnificent for the for this uh, PGA Championship. It's going to be firm. It's going to be fast. It's going to be sunny. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see some breezes in the afternoon. Uh, so you can start right out of the gates by uh, uh, basically solving a bit of an argument here on Golf Talk Canada. We tend to look at these things the same way. But for the first time in a very long time, we've got two two hosts of Golf Talk Canada that think you got to be a bomber. you got to hit it a mile to win here at Keough Island. And we have another host that thinks that eh, maybe these firm conditions in this wind is going to allow shorter hitters and turn this into a scrambling contest. What side of the fence is Fred Albers on? Bomber. Uh, you just look at the history of the golf course. I, I, I think that long hitters do well here. They're almost 700 yards, and we have a lot of wind today. We just had a squall come through about 30 minutes ago, so the course got a little bit of, of a drink. I don't think that it, it's been very fun right now. I, I would say it's receptive, receptive given championship uh, conditions. And I, I go back and forth on all this stuff. You know, you've got to be a bomber. But then, you know, you are going to miss greens this way. The course is so long, you're just going to miss greens. And there's so many runoff sections that chipping's going to be out of print. So then I, I go to chipping. And, you know, and, and chipping is, is always related to putting. So you've got to be a good putter. I, you just have to be an all-round good ball tracker. But I would fall on the side of the fence. Uh, a long hitter here it always has an advantage. A long hitter has an advantage on every golf course. Maybe more so here, given the wind. And I look at, at players that control the ball. Like this is just be an absolute perfect setup for a player like Dustin Johnson. Uh, hits a heavy ball, doesn't get it very high in the air. You know, very comfortable in, in the low country, as we call uh, South Carolina. Uh, I, I would like a Dustin Johnson, maybe a long shot. Daniel Berger holds really well last week. He hits a really flat ball. Putts good on, on different putting surfaces. That would be a kind of a, a long shot guy to keep your eye on. Jordan Speed playing well, kind of the grand slam. Justin Thomas, arguably the best player in the world. I spent some time with Rory McRae. I, I would think the usual suspects will be there on Sunday afternoon. Fred, what's, we, we talk about distance. You talk about hitting fairways. What's the penalty like if you are not accurate off the tee? I know there's sort of a lot of waste areas and things, but how severe will the misses be? Well, here's the deal this year. Uh, it's been cool. And so we still have ryegrass that is in rough. The usual beauty of rough, you know, is, is bright green. And just left of one, it's really thick. Now, it's not that thick throughout the entire golf course, but because we still have a rye present in the rough and we have some dent still in, in the greens. So, you know, those are, uh, those are factors to take into account. Sometimes we see this at the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass, where it will be uh, a little bit of a warmer spring, and the bent is still there. But just underneath that is Bermuda, which actually which, which affects the lie that you can't really see. That may be the condition that we're faced with this week. In conversation here with Fred Albers from uh, PGA Tour Radio on the call this week at the PGA Championship. Now, Fred, in your first answer, you spoke about guys who hit heavy balls off the tee. You know, a Dustin Johnson, another guy who had a lot of question marks going into the Masters, a lot of question marks going into this tournament as well, is Brooks Kepka. He said at the Masters he was playing injured, and now he's just playing hurt. What are your expectations for Kepka this week? Probably diminished. 
Uh, I saw Zach's last week at TPC Craig Ranch, and I, I thought there was a noticeable limp. Uh, so uh, I, I think maybe a little bit. This is a tough walk. You have sandy soil. You see they're doing a lot of pronating, uh, and there's no direct routes. You know, you have to walk around a bunch of post carries. Uh, I'm not big on Brooks this week, and, and maybe that's just uh, the motivation he needs because as soon as people count him out, you know, he turns that into, into motivation and performance. Freddie, before we let you go, we got a bit of a rough connection, so we're gonna we're gonna cut cut you early because we just uh, we're having a hard time with the connection with you on the island. I've got to find out in advance what you think the winning score is going to be this week because uh, I really want to get that from you. We're we've heard as low as seventeen and as high as uh, twelve under. Are you are you closer to the twelve or closer to the seventeen? I'm going to go below twelve. I'm going to say uh, ten wins it. Wow. Wow. I hope you're right, Freddie. I think it would be for a much more interesting, entertaining championship if we were closer to 10. Uh, Freddie, when's the broadcast start on SiriusXM? What, uh, how early are you guys starting tomorrow? I'm on the air at 7 a.m. for the first time. <laughs> oh, so I buddy. We're, we're, I think we're 7 to 7 tomorrow. Okay, you. well, you know what? Say hi to everybody for me, and uh, have a great championship. I'll be listening. I know uh, a lot of our listeners and viewers in Canada will be listening as well, and uh, can't wait to work with you again shortly. And uh, some good border news coming in the last week or so, so I'm looking forward to seeing you in person, hopefully come August, September. Yeah, that'll be great, and I apologize for the connection. Not your fault, Freddie. You're out there on an island, buddy, and uh, enjoy it. It's a spectacular part of uh, America, one of my favorite golf courses in the world, and I can't wait for your call. Fred Albers, PGA Tour Radio, PGA Championship. It gets started early, 7 a.m., 7 to 7, boys. Like, you think you want to talk about efforting. I mean, I've been on some long radio broadcasts in, in my day and some marathon days. I remember with you guys, it was... Do you guys recall that day I started at like 8 in the morning on a Saturday for Golf Talk Canada and I ended up going to like 8 o'clock at night after rain delays? I seem to be on air the whole day. So I've done stuff like that. But I mean, to be out there physically walking for 12 hours and moving around the golf course, that's a long day. Adam and I played two rounds of golf while you were doing that. Was that in the province of Ontario? Because no, I got you know to just, Don't get us started. Touch your subject. Okay, Listen, tomorrow's we... going to be, sorry, I was going to say tomorrow's even going to be a longer day because you know what comes on after 7 o'clock on the golf. Da, 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 yes, that's right. Da, da. Well, I wasn't kidding about the bed source, Bob. I have dragged the TV outside. <laughs> I've got the chair set up. I've got the cooler set up. I'm going to be out there all day watching golf and then into the Leaf game. So, Do you know, do you know the last time that Toronto beat Montreal in a playoff game was? Well, so I, I guarantee it's before I was born. I'm going to say 68 or 69. It was the 1967 final game that clinched the Stanley oh, Cup. How wow. about that? There you go. Did you know that, Adam? Because you, I saw you wanted to jump in there. Okay. So I, was, I did. And I shockingly, too far off. I, I also wasn't alive for that. But. <laughs> uh, okay. On the other side, guys, we're going to hear from uh, Rory. We're going to hear. Well, we'll start with Jordan. We're going to hear from Rory. We're going to hear from JT. Bob, you were around 17-under, I think, on the winning score. I was around 14-under. I think Adam and I were kind of almost on the same number at 14-under. Were you guys surprised at Fred Albers at 10-under? 
I think I'm going to readjust my number. <laughs> Freddie's on the ground there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat. I mean, we, we've seen some. Uh, you know, today it looks a little overcast. Maybe starting to open up now. The wind seemed pretty high. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the eight or nine under range. Oh, you well, everybody's so. coming crashing down to earth now. All oh, of a yeah. sudden, right? Yeah, unbelievable. Okay, on the other side, PGA Championship uh, edition continues here of Golf Talk Canada. We will start with Jordano Spieth. He is trying to enter rarefied air, trying to become the sixth man in history to win the professional career Grand Slam. Will he get it done? One guy here loves his chances. We'll hear from Jordan next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino, Skelly Weeks, PGA Championship Preview Show. If you missed the announcement earlier this week, from now on, moving forward, Wednesdays, leading into Major Championship Week, we will do a bonus two hours of Golf Talk Canada to set up that week's major. All right, guys, Jordan Spieth, golfing immortality. Do you guys, do you put this as high on the scale as I do? Like, in my mind, with the exception of having all four in a row, which Tiger did, with the exception of that, and I guess arguably Bobby Jones, if you believe in the amateur Grand Slam pre-Masters, which is two U.S., the U.S. Open, U.S. Am, British Open, British Am, which I kind of separate and put in its own category as its own. So I'm not one of those guys that includes that in, in the six that or in the five that Jordan's looking to join. But do you put it, do you guys hold it as high as I do? Bob, like in your mind, is this the, the biggest group of selective company in, in the golf landscape? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just look at the names on that list. It's, it's, you know, they're all just greats. And part of the reason they're great is because they did it as it shows that you have a well-rounded game, that you can have a game that travels, you can play different conditions, different courses, different grasses, different styles of play. And, and that's very rare, especially today. You know, there are big hitters out there and there are there are good putters, but there's very few people who seem to be able to have a game that carries through all four. Dustin Johnson, I think, is probably the next guy that I wouldn't put on that list, a guy who has, you know, had a chance to win all four of them. I guess Louis Eustace and has been runner-up in all four. But it's very rare, and it's uh, it's tough to win any PGA Tour event. It's tougher to win major championships, and to win all four is pretty special. Adam, are you the same? Like, in my mind, you know, every sport has its conversation regarding Mount Rushmore. You know, who's hockey's Mount Rushmore? Who's baseball's Mount Rushmore? And some sports are more difficult than others. When I talk about golf's Mount Rushmore, I said it doesn't – I can't give you four heads for Mount Rushmore. It's five. And if anybody wins a career Grand Slam, they get to be added to Mount Rushmore. That's kind of how my brain works almost on this. How how big is this in your mind? It's absolutely massive. And even, you know, to go back and think of what Jordan Spieth accomplished when he won his first two majors back in 2015 to go win the Masters, win the U.S. Open, a shot out of the playoff at the Open Championship, and then finishing second to Jason Day at the PGA Championship, which he won in record-setting fashion back in 2015. 
And then you look at, you know, Brooks Kepka in 2019 as well, had a really good chance there, almost won the Masters, won the PGA Championship, second at uh, the U.S. Open, fourth place at the Open Championship at Portrush. So guys have gone on these runs before. It doesn't happen very often, but if Jordan Spieth can pull this off this week, this will be our entire show next week. This is golf history we're talking about. This is as big as it gets. He is eighth in the FedEx Cup, 26 now in the official World Golf Ranking. Consider how low he hit outside the top 100 and vaulting back to this position. Very impressive. His last nine starts, four top fives, two top tens, and a victory. His scoring average since the opening round at Augusta, 68.17 scoring average. In his last 12 rounds, including the win at the Valero Texas Open, it's been very impressive. Can he do it? Can he join that short list? Let's hear from Jordan Spieth. As we get into the weekend, if I'm able to work my way into contention, I think it's something that will obviously be asked and come up, and it's something that I certainly um, want. But, I mean, you go to a major, and for me at this point, it's, you know, I want to win the Masters as badly as I ever have this year didn't happen i want to win this one as badly as i ever have you know and then once you move on to um the u.s open the same um majors are uh yeah again like like you mentioned um that's what we're here we're trying to peak for those and uh i feel like i'll have a, a lot of chances at this tournament and if i just focus on trying to take advantage of this golf course play it the best i can and kind of stay in the same form t to green i've been in um all i can ask for is a chance it's going to be interesting to see. If you believe this is a, as much a driving contest as anything else, you probably don't like Jordan's chances too much this week. If you like it as a scrambling contest, you probably really like Jordan's chances this week. But all that being said, Jordan's got something going on off the golf course, uh, which is as challenging or or even more challenging than what has to happen tee to green. He's got to stay in the moment, and if he gets off to a good start, especially through 36 holes, He's got to try to ignore the fact of the size of the moment in front of him and not get carried away and stay in the moment. Easier said than done. Okay, great segue. Because if that's the biggest story, likely the second biggest story is the potential return of Rory McIlroy. Bob, you're probably higher on Rory than Adam and I uh, in terms of uh, what you're expecting this week. Uh, you had him in your TSN Edge picks coming up on the, this afternoon's Golf Talk Canada. You had him in our pool Monday, our draft. Um, miscut at the Masters. Miscut at the Players. 175th in driving ac- accuracy. I mean, he, are, do we trust this golf swing yet? I'm assuming you are putting a lot into the work that's been done with uh, Pete Cowan in the last three weeks and what you saw at the Wells Fargo. Uh, yeah, I think I like the way he's trending. He's been playing better and better each week. And if you listen to his press conference yesterday, he said, you know, the misses that he had at Wells Fargo weren't horrendous misses. They were just offline a little bit there into the rough, you know, three or four yards. So it's not like he got severely penalized by the majority of them. There was certainly the one on the last hole. That's the only probably the only swing of the whole weekend that makes me a little nervous is under pressure with a three wood and he kind of whips it over there as we've talked about and as you brought up a lot of times mark i know that's the one that that might stand out but i honestly think right now he is in such a comfortable space i think he is so confident uh that i think that's just going to overflow into his game 
You know, there are times in this business that we are in where we, you know, we take pride in being correct in our analysis of things and whatnot. But there are those occasions throughout a year where you really hope you're wrong. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope you're right, Bob, because I love Rory. I think the game's better when he's in it, when he's got a chance to win. Adam, on the other side of the Rory coin, too, in his defense, at Wells Fargo. 52 of 52 inside six feet. It was one of the best putting performances he's had in his career, certainly in the top 10 putting performances of his career. And considering what he's been able to achieve across his career, that's saying a lot. Does that, you know, how close were you on the Rory line? Bob was in, I was out. I know you're out because you haven't picked him, but how close were you on that line? Are you on Team Zakino or did you fall somewhere in between here and go back and forth? You, you guys know me. I like to sit on the fence from time to time. But I, I was more on, on Team Weeks uh, for this one. Uh, you mentioned his putting. Rory was asked during his press conference on Tuesday about you know his the driving accuracy struggles or issues. And Rory just said flat out, if I don't miss inside six feet again, I'm going to be just fine. So, you know, Rory Mack, he's gone back and forth with his putting. It looks like he's not taking a practice stroke anymore. He has a new tailor-made model in the bag as of the Wells Fargo. As I said, you know, 30, 40 minutes ago, it's all about that first round for Rory. If he can just not play himself out of the tournament, there's, I think he's definitely going to be in the mix come Sunday. All right, Rory McIlroy, one of the favorites. In fact, he is the betting favorite, and he is the defending champion. If you go back to 2012, the last time we played the PGA Coup Island, let's hear from Rory McIlroy. It's, it's a different time of year. I think one of the, big, the biggest differences that I've noticed is it's not going to be as easy around the greens as it was last time. Last time in, in August, it was um, hot, humid. The paspalum was like really strong and dense and lush. So the ball would just sit right up on top. And it was so easy to just get your lob wedge out, clip it, spin it. So I felt like around the greens last time was a lot easier compared to you, you sort of a few of the lies this year, a little more bare, a touch linksy in places especially with the wind and the dry weather. So I don't think it's going to be quite as simple as it was around the greens like, like last time. And that's, I mean, the one thing I remember about being here the last time is that's what I did so well. I chipped and putted so well that week. And that's what, that's what, won, that's what won me the tournament. Um, I scrambled well. And it's, you know, if the wind keeps up like this again this week, that's what you're going to have to do well is chip and putt well. But I think you're going to see guys playing a lot of different shots. You know, I find that very interesting. He's opened up a little window into the player's mind this week. In 2012, this place was a swamp. It was also August. The ground reacted differently. He spoke about lies being a little tighter and maybe guys playing some different shots around the green, playing more true to a Lynx, which you really don't get in American Lynx. But it's been so dry. It's been gonna, It's so firm that it's going to keep guys a little bit more honest inside 50 yards. If you're not getting clean contact and hitting the shot you want inside 50 yards, you're going to see some shots maybe this week that embarrasses a few players. That you go, wow, did he just lay the sod on that? Or wow, did he just thin that? And that's what tight lies can do inside 50 yards. Okay, before we go to break, I want to hear from Justin Thomas. Why, guys? Justin Thomas, number two player in the world. And I can't recall the last time a number two player in the world, came into a major championship, playing well, and is this much under the radar. Like, it's unbelievable. He is, he is under the radar, is world number two, and he's played well. Justin Thomas, 
Uh, going off this week, what's his marquee group here, guys? I, I was looking at it earlier. What times he go off and who's he go with? Do you guys know before we throw to this? I'm looking here. I can't find him. Let's throw to it. We'll find it on the side. Here's world number two, Justin Thomas. It's a great golf course. It's an unbelievable venue. Uh, in terms of my golf game, I I, re- I feel really good about it, to be honest. I mean, I, I've been been practicing hard. It's been been close. My results have uh, been very average, to say the least, I would say. Uh, but that's the thing about this game. And I feel like I've been close, but just not quite putting it together. And, um, you know, but that's the thing about this sport. You, you can wake up the next day, and it can all be there. Or it can all, all not be. But uh, it's, it's a very difficult Difficult course, difficult test, and it's really just, I think, going to be about, uh, you know, your mental mental game and your patience throughout the week. Adam, did you find the uh, tee time for JT? JT playing with Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy. How Ooh. about that first, first and second round grouping? <laughs> you love to see that. That is some good TV right there. Okay, guys, on the other side, Bob had a chance to go one-on-one with Mackenzie Hughes. Of course, we got three Canadians in the field. Connors, Hughes, Hadwin. It has been quite a long time since Mackenzie Hughes had a stroke play top 10 on the PGA Tour. However, he is inside the top 20 as one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. So if this becomes a scrambling putting contest, who knows? Maybe Mac Hughes, with just some average ball striking, can find his name on the leaderboard. We'll hear from Bob and Mac one-on-one on the other side. This is our Golf Talk Canada PGA Championship Preview Special. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. All right, boys, we got three Canadians in the field of the PGA Championship. Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin. Before we get to Mackenzie Hughes and Bob... Let's kind of break down the chances here, guys, because it's three. It's, it's a tale of three very different tapes, is it not? We've got Corey Connors, Bob, who's a ball-striking machine, and the number that pops out is 152 in strokes gained around the green, which tells me that if Corey Connors can just be Corey Connors tee to green and just slightly improve his play around the greens, he's going to be in the mix. Then I look at Mackenzie Hughes, and it's the flip side of the coin. If he could just find some game tee to green and just do what he does inside 50 yards, especially when he gets the putter in his hand, he's going to have a chance to win. And then finally, Adam Hadwin. Hard to break it down at all. Question marks across the board. Three missed cuts in a row. And really, I don't have a feel or a vibe for Adam other than he just needs to take a breath and maybe try less. Is that a good breakdown of the tail of the tape for Team Canada? Yep, that's awesome. I'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs> no, it really is. You really you, you hit the nail on the head. I think I think the one thing about Corey is we're really focused on his putting, and I think there's I think he also needs to get those wedges working. Uh, we've talked about that this week. You know, he needs to get, he doesn't spin. His coach Derek Ingram told me he doesn't spin his wedges a lot, so he's put some new ones in to hopefully give him a little bit more spin and control. 
Um, Mackenzie Hughes is not in the top 100 in uh, any strokes gained category with the exception of putting, as you mentioned. He is, he's a guy, uh, in talking to him, I think he needs to, we'll hear from him in a second, he'll need to get a little boost from his caddy to keep his mind going and in the positive side and Adam Hadwin you mentioned something on Monday Mark where I talked to Adam last night and he said you know he just needs to trust his swing which is exactly what you identified earlier in the week with him he's working on some things and he's got those changes sort of uh, about 80% in and then every once in a while he kind of reverts back to what was his old habits and that's kind of where he gets the crisscross going Um, so I don't know how much to expect from him but he sort of feels that there's at some point now it's going to kick in so there you go those are my uh, observations of our Canadians. Mm-hmm. Skulls? Yeah, it's interesting. You know what? We saw last year when the conditions got tough, that's when Mackenzie Hughes excelled. So I'm curious to see which Mackenzie Hughes shows up. As Bob mentioned, he's outside the top 120 in driving accuracy, driving distance, greens and regulation. Mark, you mentioned strokes game putting. He's 18th on the PGA Tour. In major championships, he's missed five of seven cuts, so he doesn't have the greatest track record at major championships. I'm higher on Hughes than I am on Hadwin. Hadwin did have a top 10 earlier this year, but Mark, as you mentioned, three straight missed cuts. But, I mean, if for Mackenzie Hughes, if, if he plays a little better from tee to green, relies on that putter, I think we'll see him on the weekend. I hope we're right. I hope we see him on the weekend. And I hope he can focus because his Maple Leafs are starting a playoff run on Thursday night, and we know how much he loves his Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, so without further ado, Bob went one-on-one with Mackenzie Hughes. And here's Matt Hughes uh, getting ready for his third visit to the PGA Championship at uh, Kiowa Island. And Mac, let's just start off with uh, sort of an update on your year. I don't know. I think it looks like it's a pretty decent year. How do you feel about things as you head into this major? Yeah, I'd say this year has been um, been okay. And, you know, if I look at kind of where my season picked up last year, um, you know, there's still lots, lots of golf to be played, and I'm in a, a far better spot than I was was last year at this time. So, yeah, I feel I feel confident in, in the things I'm doing. The results quite haven't been what I would have hoped for so far. I'm, yeah, I'm finishing 30th and 40th uh, too often when my game's better than that, and um, the attitude and the and the mindset hasn't been quite as good um, those weeks. You know, to, to really to make those 30th and 40th place finishes, uh, you know, top 15s, top 10s, you just need to be a little sharper. And so <clears throat> I think this past week at the Wells Fargo, I, my caddy and I, Jace, we um, kind of made a decision to uh, change some things going forward. And um, I'm excited for uh, what's coming ahead. Are those just little kind of minute changes without getting the specifics, but are they small changes that could result in, in, in big results? Yeah, you know, for me, I've always thought that the biggest indicator um, for me playing well was how I was thinking and just the way I, I carried myself on the golf course. And if I have a great attitude and, and keep things um, pretty positive, um, you know, you, you hit one in the right rough and, you you know, you're not pleased with that, but it pins on, pins on the left-hand side and you tell yourself that's a great angle and, you know, we can play from there and versus, you know, maybe getting mad at yourself and frustrated for missing the fairway, um, trying to find the, you know, the glass half full versus glass half empty approach. And um, so it's, you know, they're they're really small little intricate things, but, you know, over the course of a round and the course of a tournament, 
um, you know, one choice, you know, wears you down a lot and the other choice, you know, kind of picks you up and uh, allows you to be your best. So I think for me, that's, uh, you know, a big thing for me to focus on going forward. Have you ever played Kiowa Island and, and what are you expecting from it? Um, I have not played it and I'm expecting it to be quite tough uh, from what I've heard. I've not heard one per person tell me that it's, uh, you know, easy or that it's going to be, uh, you know, very scorable. So I'm excited for that test. I think that, you know, I certainly play my best on, you know, the harder golf courses. Now, you know, I've had bad weeks on, on hard golf courses too, but um, a lot of my great weeks come on the, the harder, harder tests and, so I'm excited for, you know, that, that challenge that awaits us. And I'm sure it'll be uh, very windy and the course will be very long. And um, yeah, just um, kind of excited to go there and see it and, and what it's, uh, what kind of challenges it'll have for us. It's different than the other three majors in that you kind of know when you go to a, an open championship or you go to the masters or you go to us open, you kind of know what to expect, right? This one yeah. is always just a little bit different. Is that make it, uh, perhaps a little bit more wide open? Yeah, I think so. And I think that you might get uh, a wider array of uh, winners of the PGA. Um, not to say you get, you know, a, a bad winner or a fluke, but just that it's not one style of game. You know, the U.S. Open <clears throat> quite, um, quite mo most times is just, you know, hit, hit a lot of fairway, hit a lot of greens and and, uh, you know, a reliable TD Green player is likely to win that tournament. Um, last year, we played Harding Park, which was, you know, a night and day difference to what we're going to face, you know, down at Kiowa. So it's, I think it's a more, um, I guess, open setup to um, allow for some different types of players to win. And I think that, you know, it might not be so much about length this week. I know that it's going to be an advantage, but um, around the greens and into the greens, um, it's going to be quite difficult. So I think there's a, a wide number of players that have a chance to win uh, down at Kiowa. You've been on the PGA Tour for a number of years now, and yet still, when you look at your majors, there hasn't been a huge body of work there. I think this will be your eighth major championship. But are you getting yep. more and more comfortable playing on the bigger stages? Yeah, I think that, you know, my last, well, my last, uh, I guess my last few majors, I've, um, I'd say I've competed fairly well. Um, still not what I would hope, but, uh, you know, I made the cut at the PGA and played all right there. And then, um, unfortunately, missed the cut at Wingfoot and then played fairly well at the Masters this past uh, April. So I feel like I'm, yeah, getting more comfortable on that stage. And, you know, you look at a lot of guys and, they have had a bit of a learning curve or a progression through the majors. And, you know, there aren't many that start off, you know, guns a blazing right away. And I even look at like a guy like Bryson and, you know, coming into the last couple of years, he hadn't had a top 15 in the major yet, you know, starting out in April, you know, in all these majors, he was a favorite because he was sitting it so far, but, you know, his game had to progress in order to start contending in, in those bigger tournaments. And, um, so I think that for me, I feel like I'm progressing in the right way. I've, um, yeah, I probably have my best major, uh, ever at Augusta with, you know, a chance for a really nice finish there going to the last day. And, um, that's kind of what you're hoping for. You're hoping for a chance, uh, on a Sunday to, you know, either have a great finish or have a chance to win. So 
hopefully um, this next week I can put it all together and, and play late on Sunday. And, and even beyond just the PGA Championship, you got yourself into that top 30. You got to the, ter- to the area where you're playing basically every one of the big tournaments where you're going to be playing against the best fields. Is that fun for a guy, for a player like yourself? Is that what you've sort of wanted to do with your career? Yeah, you definitely want to be able to pick your schedule. And this year has been um, sort of a year unlike most where I just, you know, you've got WGCs, majors, and all those great events that you can just pick and choose from. And um, it's, a, it's a great luxury to have. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, I can finish the year off nicely and, and have that luxury again next year too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been awesome. And um, like you said, you want to compete and play against the best and see where your game stacks up. And um, yeah, excited to do that a few more times this year. Uh, and just before we let you go, speaking of finishing the year off strongly, uh, what are you giving your chances for your Leafs? <laughs> you know, I, I like where they're at. Um, you know, they've kind of gone through their, their little slump already and uh, they're, they're playing nicely going into the playoffs. But yeah, I don't know, man. There's just so many, uh, so many question marks. I don't know, you know, Freddie's health and um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, playoff hockey is a different animal. So I'm optimistic, but at the same time, I'm not getting my hopes uh, too high. So uh, we'll see see how it plays out. Spoken like a true Leafs fan. Matt, yeah. thank you very yeah. much for your time. Thanks, Bob. It is like a true Leafs fan. First of all, his <laughs> mind's on hockey, not golf. And he's optimistic, but no hopes up. That is a Leafs fan at its best. All right, guys, on the other side, you know, we did our edge picks, and we will recap those, but I want to get some dark horses from you guys because there, I think there's some value on this board, and there are some guys that I uh, will have some lollies on this week. So on the other side, we're going to put a bow on this edition of our PGA Championship Golf Talk Canada and uh, tee up what's coming next week on Golf Talk Canada and give you some dark horses at the PGA Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Hi, this is Greg Carrasco, and this is a... This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. All right, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. PGA Championship preview shows. We put a bow on it here. Scully Weeks Zacchino. Adam will be all over TSN Edge this week, daily, uh, giving you Edge updates on morning groups, afternoon groups, right through to the weekend. Bob will be on SportsCenter as well as uh, more content for TSN.ca. I will be sitting on my butt watching golf, (laughs) fighting with morons on Twitter. That seems to be how I spend my time these days. Okay, before we get into it, okay. Uh, let's recap our edge picks and give a couple of dark horses. My edge picks, guys, were Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Cameron Smith. Those are my three favorites. Uh, Spieth, Hovland, Smith, 
I love Matt Wallace and I love a Horschel as just dark horses. You're looking at 150 to 1 and 161 on Horschel and Wallace. I make tons of value there. Bob, just recap the edge pick us, picks and give us a couple dark horses. I got DJ Rory and uh, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac, not to be from Fleetwood. Okay. Fleetwood. <laughs> of course. And uh, my two dark horse picks that I p- pulled out were uh, Jason Kokrak, who is a big hitter, as well as now ranks, by the way, sixth in strokes game putting. So he's kind of got wow. it going at both ends of the bag. And I'm going to also pull out uh, Gary Woodland, who's had a mediocre year, but he was fifth at the Wells Fargo. His weakest punt has always been his putting, but last week uh, at Wells Fargo, or last at, at the Wells Fargo tournament, he was plus 3.642 in strokes gained putting. So I like the way he's trending as well. Wow, and that Kokrick pick, uh, Bob, 150 to 1, right up there with wow. Horschel and Wallace. Well, I, I like that pick. That is a good, good info right there. Okay, Skulls, recap your edge picks. Give us a couple dark horses. Yeah, so I had the big bomber, Bryson DeChambeau, Cameron Smith, and Matt Kuchar, who is a value pick, going a bit out in the limb with that one. Uh, some other value picks to consider, maybe not quite as far on the value scale, Joaquin Neiman, especially if it gets pretty breezy out there, one of the most penetrating ball flights on the PGA Tour. Paul Casey as well, uh, you know, around 50 to 1, that number. And then looking down the list, how about Stuart Sink? The guy's won twice this year. He has his son on the bag. Hopefully pace of play is an issue because they take a very long time together. Talking about every shot. That's another subject in itself. Stuart Sink, another guy. Um, you know, Brendan Grace in the 125 to 1. One guy who we haven't mentioned at all, and I'd be curious to see what kind of form he has coming in. He received a special exemption to play in this tournament. Ricky Fowler, 125 to 1 as well. Can he, you know, he's mentioned that his putting is the major issue. He's working through some swing changes as well. Can Ricky Fowler make the cut? That's something that's a little intriguing as well. Interesting that we never uh, brought up Fowler on the exemption. That's curious. We should give a nod to Sergio Garcia playing his first major again as a new or returning member to Team TaylorMade. So welcome home, Sergio. That news came out yesterday. Very cool. Uh, If this turns into a long iron contest, watch out for Justin Thomas and watch out for Colin Morikawa. Not the longest in the world, but great iron uh, player. Can he putt without a blindfold this week? Colin Morikawa, another story that we probably uh, should mention. Guys, we have a hard out. We got Leafs Lunch coming up uh, next. Andy Petrillo, uh, Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050 as well as TSN Television. Did you guys hear Brandel Chambly's comments last night on PGA Tour Live? Him and I went back and forth on Twitter last night. I just gave him an applaud and said, well done. He brought up something on the SGL uh, the Super Golf League that uh, I thought, you know, needed to be said on a, on an American stage that, you know, Bob and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago. We kind of danced around it, Bob. That, you know, there's a human rights issue at play when you're taking Saudi money and about to, uh, you know, kind of sell, I don't, you know, kind of basically sell out and leave the PGA Tour. And Shambly called that out last night, and I thought it was great that somebody said it. Did, did either one of you guys hear those comments? No, Did no. Not. Well, I suggest tell you me, check. Tell me. He just, he just kind of said, listen, let's not ignore this anymore. You know, let's not, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to say that you're not comfortable with uh, some of the human rights violations having, happening uh, in Saudi and, and that, you know what, players should maybe be holding themselves to a higher value when answered about this golf league and where the money's coming from. And I'm summarizing but I, I thought it was very smart comments, and someone needed to say it on American television. 
And I applauded him for it because some things are more important than money in the world. And these guys make a ton of money already. And uh, I just like the comments, guys, to be honest with you. Well, it's uh, it's nice to see uh, like a guy like Rory is one of those guys who just refuses to go over there, right? So there's some guys who stand up and have their values and some guys who chase the dollar and um, each has their own um, mind to kind of deal with on those ones. All right, guys, here as we wrap, let's get to the real important part of today's show. Leafs in five, they lose game three. I'm going to say they, they go to Montreal, up two games, they lose game three. They win it uh, at home in game five. Leafs in five. Scully, give me your prediction. I say the Leafs lose game one because that would be totally Leafs for that to happen. <laughs> they contemplate putting in Fred, Freddie Anderson for game two, but stick to Jack Campbell. You have to stick with him. I firmly believe that. That's another topic in you itself. You knew he was going to give a goalie comment on this, Bob. Of course. I, I have, a, I have a quick update. Corey Connors was just in the press room, and he just, he just called Leafs in five. So see, so are you going Leafs in five too, Bob? Are you? I'm I'm not going to doubt Corey Connors. There you go. So we got three (laughs) guys, Leafs in five. Guys, thanks so much. Bob will be watching you on TSN. Adam will be watching you on Edge. 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. You're home for all your major championship golf, including the PGA Championship. TSN 7 a.m. Thank you so much for listening. First good decision starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.